You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Let's see what exciting guests we have on our show today. Welcome to the Drawing Board Podcast. This is the founder and host, Andre Ebron. It is exciting to be with you all this second Tuesday in August. Now, there's a lot happening in the world. There's so much going on. But this is the, this is the channel. This is the show that will challenge you to create an opportunity, create an experience that will transform the world. I asked this question on my Facebook page today, and the question was, well, really, I made a statement and then posed the question. The statement was, I choose the perspective of faith. How about you? So that'll be the question that I leave out there looming for you all to comment on, make, make you know, different uh, suggestions or anything that you have to share as it relates to your perspective, because it is truly your perspective that shapes your outcome, your worldview, and ultimately your experience in life. Now, tonight, I have the pleasure. I always bring you quality people <laughs> that share quality information that have sojourned through this life, uh, not getting everything correct, but definitely going with full abandonment in the direction of their dreams. And tonight is no different. I bring to the show a very lively personality. And for those of you who tune into the Vibrations podcast, you get a chance to hear her voice. Some know her as Nigel Flowers. Others know her as Nigel Champagne Bubbles. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show, my friend and my sister. Thank so, you so much. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's good to have you here. Um, just before I give them a chance to hear about your enticing bio and all of the awesome things, uh, an abbreviated version of some of the things you've been able to accomplish, uh, I just want to give them the history and how we end up uh, at this juncture and this point. So you okay. and I have uh, collaborated uh, in the important work of investing in our youth across yeah. Metro Detroit. Uh, in the capacity in the field of education. Uh, yes. We met at Washington Parks Academy, uh, yes. a cornerstone charter school. And let me share with you, uh, I have never met a person more passionate than you. I have Aww. never met, uh, you know, an, a person who would advocate to the end uh, for what it is that she so holds as a conviction, uh, not just a belief, but a conviction uh, someone who's willing, uh, uh, the true advocate uh, is willing to fall on the sword for those uh, to whom they are advocating for. And let me tell you this. Uh, we have the running joke of uh, I haven't seen you fall on a sword, but I have definitely seen you unsheath your sword. Absolutely. <laughs> and you're always telling me to sheath it. Yeah. Yes. So... <laughs> Uh, I mean, we have shared it and uh, just the important work. I want to let people know. I know when we end up bringing pretty brown girls yes. uh, to Washington Parks Academy, uh, you were the facilitator there in leading that initiative. Absolutely. You did an amazing job. Thank uh, I, you. I saw the young ladies' lives uh, transform uh, because they became self-aware. Uh, mm -hmm. They became aware of their value. Uh, mm -hmm. They understood, you know, their place in the world and how their presence brought a strong level of leadership and influence yes. 
And uh, once they discovered that, of course, their behavior changed, their outlook changed. And uh, it began with it began with your belief in them, uh, yeah. along with uh, the awesome curriculum that Miss Sherry Crawley and her team brought. I've yeah, also yeah. had the chance to see you lead the positive behavior interventions and support initiative at the school and, uh, you know, uh, collaborating. And I remember one of the things that you held as such a strong conviction and the kids love was the VIP table at lunchtime. I mean, these, uh, I can't think of the, the technical name of these balloons, but these balloons, every child will have a balloon. They, and this will be weekly out of your own. Oh every child would have a balloon, a certificate, uh, they would get a chance to sit at the VIP table. It would be yes. made to feel uh, uh, really just reflecting the inherent value they have. Mm-hmm. But you would go to uh, whatever ends needed to be gone to or lengths <laughs> needed to be gone to to ensure that these children felt celebrated. Absolutely. And so uh, that is what brings us to this table as as brother and sister uh, to be able to share this moment. So. I wanted all of the drawing board nation to know uh, that you're not just a guest, but your family. Absolutely. Yeah. So we, we appreciate you, uh, you know, investing your time with the drawing board nation. So now I get a chance, uh, Miss Miguel Champagne Bubbles Flowers, uh, to tell them a little (laughs) bit about some of the things that you've been able to accomplish. So Miguel Jermaine Flowers is the founder of Sola Center launched during the pandemic, where clients can visit to engage in a number of programs that she has created to enhance the quality of their lives. The word SOLA stands for Sisters of Love and Healing. Let's get some snaps for that right there. Get some snaps. Thank you. Yes. And it was created back in 2002 with her best friend, Mrs. Natasha M. Weston. At the Sola Center, Nigel Germain, her preferred pen name, offers <laughs> transformational life coaching through the Flowers Always Blooming program. If you get the acronym, it's F-A-B, which is Fabuloso. Fabuloso. Can we get some more snaps on the board? <laughs> All right. Support to new mothers through the Young Mothers You Matter program mm-hmm. and or child development through the Auntie Gail's Place program. When, I, when, I, when you said Auntie Gail's, I just got this uh, picture of you when you used to have on that apron, you know, you put them <laughs> walking around. <laughs> you remember you used to have your little supplies in this yes. apron? Mm-hmm. I said she probably got her sword in that apron too. I don't know. For that was, sure. That was you a heavy apron right it. there. <laughs> <laughs> right. And so here you go. Your bio goes on to describe you She is a very passionate mother, educated, minister, transformational life coach, sister, auntie, and friend. Her 20-plus years in the school system, in addition to her community engagement, leadership roles in her spiritual house of worship, has shaped her into a great humanitarian with strong advocacy (laughs) for the rise and uplift, upliftment of Black people. Amen. She is also the co-host of the Vibrations podcast with Johnny Hawkins, where she is, oh, I'm sorry, which is the podcast where the barbershop meets the beauty shop. Mm -hmm. As she 
and the host, Johnny Hawkins, explore a wide range of topics from both male and female perspectives. The conversations are engaging, fun, real, and most certainly entertaining. She's in the process, and I have challenged her. Yes, of you have. Writing her first book <laughs> and will most certainly let us know when she has completed this project. Drawing Board Nation, let's officially welcome to the show, Nigel Champagne Bubbles Flowers. My sister, welcome. <laughs> Thank you so much. I have never received such an intro. I'm going to take you with me everywhere. Nobody does it better. <laughs> hey, listen, let's go. We, do you remember, of course you remember, uh, the very first time that you and I got a chance uh, to co-host or co-lead or co-facilitate. Oh, um, it the was Black a, History Program? The Black History Program. That was Just a phenomenal that. program. Yes, it was. And, yes, it was. And uh, our energy, the way we just, here we go, we're able to vibe with one another. Shout out to the Vibe Tribe. I, I know you all are listening as well. Absolutely. And so um, the way we just flowed well with each other, um, where you all say vibe, I say flow, it's all the same thing. We all flowed, we flowed yes. well with each other. And uh, it was just, uh, it was so complimentary that it I was, was listening. We need to take this show on the road. No, for real. We shut it down. The 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 response from the parents and everyone about how well of a job that we had done on the fly, remind you. Right. You know, it, <laughs> it was magical. It really was. That was a lot of fun. I appreciated your leadership because you pushed me to a new level, but I was here for it. And it oh, yeah. worked very and, well. And, and let me tell you, it. and I think that that is, um, I want to jump into it now. I think that like your willingness uh, mm -hmm. to learn, to explore, uh, mm -hmm. to even launch out there. Uh, I think that that is so needed in this particular time. Yes. Um, because uh, a static mindset, one that won't move, mm -hmm. will always find the mundaneness of life, the inability yeah. to be open to adapt, the mm -hmm. feelings of being overwhelmed. But when you're fluid or when you move mm -hmm. on, you know, the vibration that you're currently experiencing mm -hmm. allows you to adapt and overcome. So yeah. what, what looked like we had rehearsed for weeks. No, it, for real. Yeah. We end up flowing well with one another, sometimes yes. in the midst of the acts being changed. For right sure. Midst, where we, we pull from the side of introducing the act. And they're like, yeah. oh, no, this act is not coming up. Or, oh, no, this child didn't come back to school. So they, mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. we just would catch each other's eye. And we'd be like, next, coming to the stage. And then and you're it, saying it. And I'd be like, yeah, it was amazing. So yeah. here, here's something. I want to start with something something tough. Here, here we go. All right. You oh, ready? here we go. Yes, here we yes. go. All right. So uh, I want to ask you. I've been listening. I listened to... Uh, uh, the podcast you had with Johnny, uh, okay. shout out to you, Johnny. Um, yeah, is um, you said parenting what it is and what it ain't, right? <laughs> and I listened to that one uh, because parenting at this time is so critical, particularly where we're literally for for most of us, we're literally getting ready to go into another three months, four months of virtual learning. Uh -huh. uh, with our children, right? Uh -huh. And so 
how important or what what would be your word to the parents uh, that are getting ready to embark upon an additional <laughs> three months of co-teaching uh, with their children in the home uh, mm-hmm. with another shutdown, you know, uh, mm-hmm. a complete shutdown looming. Uh, yeah. Have you seen that out there? What? The shutdown? Where no, where they're where they're looking at potentially like what would really bring the numbers lower if we went into the house for another six weeks? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. could you imagine amidst going into another virtual learning space mm. and then potentially another quarantine? I would say lots of prayer. All right. Uh, I know a lot of parents have really come to respect what we do as educators. They had no idea the what was required to teach their children. Now they just got the one child or two. We would have 30 or more. So right. I appreciate the respect and the apologies that have come <laughs> as a result of them having this experience with their own child. Um, lots of patience are going to be required. Um, and just pace yourself, you know, because not only do we have to educate our children, we're dealing with sick loved ones. You know, we may not be feeling well. We have financial pressures. Like, this is just unprecedented, you know. And if it if you are not a praying person, I would strongly advise you to become one because I don't know how to make it otherwise. I just I just don't know how we're going to make it. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. And, and listen, and prayer is the lifeline. It is, you know, it's the point of foresight, insight, uh, revelation. Mm -hmm. Uh, It it is the point of revealed truth where the divine meets the natural. It invokes within us an ability to hear, listen, uh, as well as request and ask of the Lord. And so you said prayer and patience. Yes. Yes. I would would also add. Okay. Yes. Support. You know, okay. from other people asking for help when needed, um, sharing the tasks, like maybe a couple of mothers can get together to collaborate because it's just overwhelming. It really is to and you're confined. Yeah, it takes a lot. So my prayers are with people with younger children. You know, my sons are both 20 and 22. So yes. I don't have that pressure, although I have other pressures with young adults. That's a whole nother conversation. But that it's very tough and I'm very sensitive to what, you know, people are going through at this time, trying to educate their children. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so I always come up with a challenge uh, okay. when coming through the podcast and you, so here's your first challenge. <laughs> I would love, I would, you know, with you, I'm going to have multiple, right? So for sure. Yeah. So my first challenge for you would be to develop almost like a toolkit, a, let's, okay. I love a toolkit for parents going over these next couple of months okay. and, uh, and, and maybe even so, a session or so that you facilitate, maybe Facebook okay. Live or something, where you talk about prayer, patience, support, and sharing the task. Here yeah. are four. This is a stress relieving techniques into the next three months of virtual learning. Prayer, okay. patience, support, sharing the task. Okay. And who, and who knows? The Solar Center may even create a little Facebook community <laughs> where parents can come and get that healing and, yes. uh, you know, uh, what they need there. That Sisters of Love and Healing may be able to help <laughs> facilitate, you know, uh, that transition. I think it's, I think it's important 
especially when we talk about uh, like people's in your in your podcast, you're talking about children and the, the generational gaps of being mm-hmm. able to cope in a day. Mm-hmm. And I'm finding so many people who are just not able to cope. Yeah. No, I would agree with you. And um, I think a lot of challenges, because you know I'm a child advocate. So a lot of the times, but the word says, and a child shall leave them. So I don't believe because I'm older that I know more. I mean, I know what I know. But at the same time, I always have my ear open for what the Lord may be revealing to this young person that's in front of me. You know, and because I have that willingness of spirit, you know, I'm able to communicate with multiple generations, you know, and just meet them where they are instead of forcing them to be where I am at 45 versus being sensitive to where they are at 16. You know, and and a lot of times it's been my experience and observations when people are just unrealistic or, you know, just lack the patience, just want them to accelerate their natural process of coming into themselves, you know, it, it, it causes a lot of gaps because people don't feel understood. The older people don't feel that you value the wisdom from my life experiences. And then the younger people feel, well, you just don't know what I'm going through because life is different now. And both are correct. But there's somewhere that we have to have a meeting of the mind so that the youth can benefit from the wisdom of the elders. And then the elders can benefit of the new and fresh ideas through that, that's amazing. Here's something that I, I want to ask. Can you talk to me about the process? You said something in that podcast. You said being able to hear God's voice through your children. Mm. And I have personally experienced that. Uh, mm-hmm. I have experienced that through my own children, mm-hmm. as well as because we, we work with children all the time, mm-hmm. being sensitive to know when truth is spoken, regardless mm-hmm. to who the vessel is, right? Yes, yes. And but being able, there's a parent listening and they know what their child has been saying has brought a level of conviction. Uh-huh. That's been my experience. Is that yeah, for sure. Especially when it's when it's a, almost like a word of correction or sure. a word of observation. <laughs> and when it comes to a child's voice, uh, I remember in some of the upbringing, it was children are to be seen and not heard, uh-huh. uh, speak when spoken to. Uh-huh. You know, some of these more suppressive thoughts. Uh, antiquated forms of parenting. Um, Uh But tell me, how did you, or what is a process that one could take to become sensitive to God's voice through their children? A, have a willingness and respect for their presence as divine beings, you understand? Um, And just, just humility, I would say. And I love to be corrected. I'm always wanting to be better. And I don't want to be a hypocrite. So when my children have called me out on stuff that really doesn't make sense, and then if I can't, if I can't support this particular decision, it's like, why am I doing that? You know, so it's really challenged me to make it make sense. And if I can't make it make sense, then I throw it out. Like it doesn't work for this season with this child under these circumstances. So that's how it's worked for me. And the chapter in my book describing my children is entitled My Greatest Teachers because they have really helped me to apply the word of God that I've been quoting because baby, they challenge you in a way that you have not been challenged. And so they have been my greatest teachers. So they help to grow me up 
as I'm helping to nurture and, and care for them. Now, while we're talking about your children, your greatest teachers, I know that that is a, a very personable, personal and valuable space for you. But mm-hmm. tell me, what, what are some of uh, Nigel Champagne Bubbles? What are some <laughs> of the things that matter to you most? My children staying true to themselves, to the spirit of God that moves in them and using their gifts to help them, our family and the community. And sometimes I've said things to my children that it doesn't resonate with what they know to be true about themselves. And I always encourage them to trust themselves. You know, I'll catch up or maybe I won't catch up. But if the Lord is inspiring you to do a thing, then you need to do that thing. You need to trust that, you know, and I just make space for that. And we have open dialogues about things. And if I don't understand, I ask them, help me to understand. Let me see it your way. What are you calculating that's making you draw this conclusion? And like I said, I've revamped quite a few things along my journey because it's just not applicable. And I just like to be fair. Yeah. That's good. Now, one of the things I know that you're extremely passionate about is the, listen, so it, it, it is, uh, it's definitely empowering uh, our people. Um, mm-hmm. And where does that deep abiding conviction come from? Um, just from being a Black person in America and um, watching the thoughts that have governed some of our behavior that make us feel less than instead of equal to other human beings. Uh, We don't necessarily have to be superior, but we surely don't have to be, you know, inferior either. So my conviction is just from wanting to, to balance the playing field, you know, and just a lot of things that we've gone through systematically that have just, um, have not, reflected the true genius that we naturally possess you know so that's and I was just born to do it like that's just the spirit God gave me so you know I'm here for it now I'll come in peace but I will unsheath the sword if yes that's <laughs> <laughs> yes yes we 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 know that and, and here's the thing and sometimes it's necessary so let me clarify for uh, our listeners when we're talking about unsheathing the sword what we're talking about is sometimes the truth can hit hit you like a blunt object. Yeah, uh, for sure. And when when you or slice through you, because the word is quick, powerful, sharper than any what two edged sword. Two edged sword. Yeah, That's cutting right. under the bone and the marrow, the soul and the spirit, and it is a discerner of the hearts of men. And so yeah, what we've been what we, what we learn to do is we learn to salt and pepper the mm-hmm. truth with mm-hmm. grace, right? Yes. So. The truth with grace causes us to grow up. But there are some points uh, in life where certain things that are not profitable must mm-hmm. be pruned and cut off. Amen. And, and what you, what normally brings that separation is a declaration or revelation mm-hmm. of truth. So when yeah. I talk about you unsheathing the sword, I just want <laughs> I just want to clarify for the audience what, what I'm saying is that she has the propensity and predilection to speak truth in a bold way that that brings discomfort to those that would seek to uh, not bring a space of liberation for truth to reign supreme. 
And so Amen. that is that is what I mean. And so when I'm saying that, I'm always saying, hey, throw some grace on it. Throw some grace on it. And, <laughs> and, and what what happens is uh what I love about you is that um uh, injustice for you, whether it's happening to you or to someone in your environment, uh, it transcends gender, it transcends yeah. race, class, yeah. anything yeah. for you. It, it is that righteous indignation that builds up. Uh, it is what our brother who's gone on, uh, Congressman, would call getting in the way or good mm-hmm. trouble. Yeah. Right? For sure. You know, yeah. I'm all here for Because I love justice. Right. I, I love people. I really do. But I especially love Black people because I am Black. But yeah. I'm not here for any human being to be mistreated. But especially not me and mine. Like, I'm not here for it so when i observe it or something i'll come peacefully and then when mindsets are not open and they just want to keep offering me um less than truthful uh just ways then you know we just have to take it up another level but (laughs) i prefer to just have civil discourse i really do but i'm not afraid to take it to another level if it's not if i'm not being heard Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, that was that was a, a simple way. Let me break it down. So the people, if you if you follow Master P, she just letting you know that she bowed it, bowed it. If you you know, if you listen to Three Six Mafia, she's saying knock if you buck. No, I'm joking. <laughs> no, but no, but ambitions of a rider. Right. Yeah. No, okay. right. Yeah. All all of those all of those things. Right. In a very uh, loving I, kind of way, of yeah. course. Yeah, <laughs> it is, it is uh, what I call, it is the spirit of a revolutionary, right? Amen. And so um, I, I love it. I identify with it. I think that, so that's what, you know, right. So we get along in, in such a, a great way uh, we because do. we identify, you know, game, recognize game. For sure. That is that is what it is. Now talk to me about this. Uh, you launched your Solar Center. Yes. Talk to me about the Solar Center. Well, I just recently, um, because, you know, I left the school system a couple of years ago. I was um, running a Black-owned heating and cooling company that is doing very well. Shout out to Manny Mechanical. Congratulations. Um, Yes. So excited. However, you know, during the, you know, pandemic and being at home, and me watching so many people transition so quickly. You know, I've always had an entrepreneurial spirit, wanting to fine tune some of the things that irritated me in the school system to create an environment where children just naturally thrive without the politics and all of that. Um, it just occurred to me, if not now, when? Like, when are we going to do this? When are you going to step up and answer this calling on a higher level? You know, because um, I'm a great support to anybody that I get behind, you know, yes. but it's just time for me to lead and it's time for me to do what I've been called to do. So the Solar Center, like I said, the name was inspired by the movie, The Yaya Sisterhood. So after Tasha, that's her nickname, and I watched it, we like, oh, we need a name. We need a name. So we are the Solas. And so anytime I'm called upon um, in my spirit to aid someone that may be in distress or, you know, just 
help them in any kind of way. That's a solar mission because I'm offering love and healing and sometimes both. So the center is a place that I can control, you know, where I can give all the love and create the space for people to engage in their healing process. And those different programs deal with all things that I'm passionate about. So I just want to focus on what I do naturally and well. So helping children, you know, I do that with no effort by God's grace. I I love children, you know, young mothers, you matter. Um, You know, the Lord gave me that like over a decade ago and I don't even know why, but it started off like with teenage mothers and I wasn't a teenage mother, but it has never left my consciousness. And so, because sometimes when young mothers find themselves pregnant, their parents don't know how to process that. They, you know, put them out or they're unkind to them or things of that nature. And if the young lady doesn't abort the baby, the baby is coming. Like the baby is coming and this young mother needs support. So I want to create a space where I can offer that support, you know, counseling and job readiness and, you know, teach them how to care for their children and, you know, all of that. So that's where that came from. And then the transformational life coaching, that's just what I do naturally as well. So, you know, there's a market for that and I'm in class to be certified, you know, so that I can take that to another level. And all of those things you can get at the Solar Center. <laughs> Excellent. Listen, let's monetize these gifts. I, For I, sure. I, listen, I'm with it. Um, yeah. I think that it's important. You said something that uh, you, you brought a delineation between love and healing. Mm. And you said sometimes people need love and other times people need healing. Can you explain that differentiation you made there? Um, well, they're, they're connected, really. Um, cause the love will produce the healing, whether it's low self-esteem or depression or, you know, issues with worthiness, um, things of that nature. A lot of times these behaviors are cries for love, you know, to be, to matter, you know, to, and that's what the, the uproar is about in the country. It's like, we're here. We matter. You cannot just keep on killing us as if our lives are not just as valuable as your lives. Like we matter. So, and when people are not loved and cared for and their humanity respected, it reaches a boiling point, you know? And then it's like, it's enough is enough. So, um, yeah, that, so that's the whole loving part. And from that healing just naturally takes place, but some people may come knowing well, I'm wounded in this way and I'm wounded in that way. So then you apply the love and you get the healing. So they work hand in hand. Yeah. yeah. I, I, you know what I can appreciate about that is that exactly. love, every, you, you hear it. And I, I asked the question in the last, uh, another podcast is I keep hearing everybody talking to, uh, we need to change the narrative. We need to rewrite the narrative. And if you write the narrative or you rewrite the narrative or you create an entirely different narrative, and if it's absent of love, then in some way, shape, form, or fashion, it's going to trespass the person that it was initially intended to benefit. Because, Absolutely. And I know it sounds almost, um, if, if people didn't have a deeper revelation of how powerful love is, mm-hmm. and how it's connected to the spirit and the spirit of mm-hmm. God, God is love. Yes, yes. yes. Uh, 
it would sound cookie cutter and bubble gum mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh, when you say that love is the answer, right? Yeah, for sure. But literally, it is the starting point. It is the point of engagement that yes. yields transformation. Amen. Amen. Because you have to care. Like, love is my superpower. And my position is you don't have to teach people to fight. You teach them to love. Because they will naturally defend that which they love. Like, the defending that's a, is... That, that's a quotable right there. <laughs> you don't teach people to fight. You teach them to love because they will naturally defend that which they love. Said on this show for the first time, <laughs> listen, Miguel Champagne Bubble. Somebody put that in the comments. Don't teach them to fight. Teach them to love yeah. because they will naturally defend that which they love. That was yeah. powerful. Well, praise God. Yeah. Praise God. Yeah. Yeah. That's the truth. You know, so when you see me willing to fight, it's because I really do love. So <laughs> that's why I'm I'm here to defend it. And and the children that comprise our schools, they matter to me. And I'm clear that I am their servants. You know, they are not there to make my job easy as a teacher and to be quiet because I had a rough night and blah, blah, blah. I am there to serve them in the cultivation of their gifts. So, and I will defend them with all that I have and against those who see it differently. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess to that we will say, and let the church say, Amen. Amen. <laughs> so, so listen, talk to me about uh, because all of the awesome things that you are doing, um, the transformational life coaching, the support of young mothers, uh, bringing, you know, the, the love and healing to our sisters. Mm -hmm. Where does that come from? Like, talk, talk to me about your upbringing, where you come from, uh, because I know you are a true Detroit native. 313, baby. All right, so I, so I want you to go ahead and rep your hood real quick. Go ahead and let people know uh, where you're from. Uh, uh, so that they know, uh, you know, where you come from and like that one of our own, you know, from this city is doing such great work and is among the ranks of people out here that are doing God's work, uh, the solo yeah. mission of changing and transforming lives. So talk to me, like, where you come from? Come from the West Side. <laughs> okay. All right. She threw it up one time. So all the West Siders felt all the love, make all the comments there. And for all my Eastsiders, I throw that out there for you. You can't spell the West without the ES. Oh, all right? Okay. All right. That's fair. I was the youngest of five children. All right. Um, and then my mother adopted three more after me, you know, when I was 16. So now okay. there are eight of us. But I was born at a time when my parents were in the midst of calling it quits on their marriage. And my father, upon coming to know that my mother was pregnant with me, suggested that she abort me. And because I was the fifth child, you know, and their marriage was rocky. They got married at six. Well, my mother was 16. You know, she had the first baby at 17. And here we are, you know, and now we got this baby on the way. And he's like, no. But my mother, she's not an organized religious woman, but my mother's faith moves mountains and right. she was like no I'm just gonna have my baby you know and so as I was being shaped in her womb I imagined that there were lots of prayers you know that were said over me that has 
shake me with this, this zest for life because she could have aborted me, you know? So I was born and then they divorced two years later and that was that, you know? And I have the experience of a stay-at-home mom because she retired when I, she had me. And uh, I just had a great childhood with her being fully present and going on on my field trips and all of that. And I really believe that I was born to bring this healing to my family. You know, my ability to see things and understand it from a spiritual perspective and offer, you know, an alternate way of looking at this and dealing with this situation has um, really been what I've just done all my life. Uh, So I am the youngest, but in some instances, it's like I'm the oldest, you know, and just helping to get things done. And then my mother decided out of the goodness of her heart to adopt three more children, you know, that were natural siblings and she kept them together. And, you know, I just love them so much. So that's what I know. You know, I've seen my mother allow people to come live with us when they had hard times. You know, I've seen her, my siblings come in and out, you know, sometimes with well, oftentimes with more children and a partner, you know, so our home was just that space that provided, you know, shelter to the homeless, food for the hungry. You know, my mother walked the life of Christ. And so that's just what I know. That's what has shaped and molded me. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like she definitely lives life as a, uh, as a ministry of service. to Yeah, yeah for sure. She does. Yeah. yeah. And I think that, uh, do you not, do you believe that families can have certain mantles that just rest on them? That the people within that family are uniquely gifted, called and anointed to serve in that capacity? I do. I do. Cause yeah. we do like my oldest brother, he's never been married. He doesn't have any children, but when I tell you his ministry is the food ministry, he's always gathering some food to feed people. And he loves to check on the seniors, you know, that's his calling. Like, and I usually deal with the younger people, you know, and offer counseling and things of that nature. And then another sister, she just made her transition, but she would take in the, um, what may be called the rejects of society. You know, those who really struggled in a certain way, like she didn't care. She would just care for you. Now, she might fuss you out, you know, but she (laughs) is going to care for you. And my sister had like 250 people at her homegoing ceremony. And, you know, it was just so overwhelming. Oh, I feel like crying. The support, you know, in the people that showed up affirming that she was like a second mother to them and how they wouldn't have made it had she not given them that shelter or, you know, assisted them when their parents had put them out things of that nature. So that really is what we do, you know, when I think about it. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. So. And, uh, and if you wouldn't mind, uh, and I totally leave it open to you, I would like uh, to honor your sister here uh, just with a moment of silence. Mm, that is yeah. okay with you. Yes. All right? And so uh, for all of those who have been impacted, who have been um, blessed and fortunate enough to come across your sister's path to oh, all yeah. of those whose lives were transformed and they get a chance to experience the love of God, the love of Christ through her example. Yeah. And even if it was tough love, uh, <laughs> love shows up in the form that's most needed at the time. 
uh, to bring about the peaceable of, uh, result of righteousness in the life of those who are there to receive it. So let's just take a minute. And your sister's name? Jaquita Renee Thomas, a.k.a. Cookie. <laughs> All right. So let's just take this moment for Cookie, this moment of silence. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for that. That's why I love you. I appreciate you so oh, yeah. much. Yeah. Hey, listen, we, we, we are in this <laughs> thing together. And yes. uh, I, I think that, um, and I, I know that when you live life from a plat from a, a platform of gratitude and appreciation, yes, yes. It, it causes you to experience life differently. Yeah. Um, and uh, I think that when you for for those of us who have come through certain struggles, mm -hmm. uh, it causes us to appreciate life in a in yes. a, a more full way. Uh, for sure. that, uh it, it brings to me um this Anthony Hamilton song where he says, uh, you don't have to have a full plate to be full. Amen. Uh, you don't have to, you know, go to the movies essentially uh, to enjoy each other's presence. And of course, at this time, he's courting the young lady. But right. what I'm saying is, uh, if you live life, you know, optimists want to talk about glass half full glass. What I'm talking about is when you appreciate what you have, you yes. can do a lot more. And That's true. From the vibrations perspective is that you end up attracting to you uh, what also can appreciate what it is that you bring. Absolutely. I agree with yeah. that wholeheartedly. Very well said. Oh, yeah. And yeah. if you have and if you in a moment and you just need to clap your hands and praise God <laughs> to release that. Hey, we can do that here <laughs> on the drawing board podcast because I can see just that. Uh, all that reflection rushing you at one time. Oh yeah, uh, for uh, sure. You know, and it, and it's good. Um, one thing that I know about you, and essentially, like, do you realize? Do you know that the drawing board is coming up on its hundredth episode coming in November? Really, Praise absolutely. God. I'm so proud of you. Yes, my God is so good. Yes. And what what I love is, um, and I'll share now, and I've said it before, but. When providing this platform, I want people to uh, see people as, as yourself uh, who come from the west side of Detroit, had, you know, a beautiful upbringing with a mom who served the community. And it mm -hmm. takes a certain level of grace to share your mom with the with the community. For sure. Uh, um, and to be really commanded to be involved in mm -hmm. the loving of others. Right. Yeah, for sure. And I think. um one of the things that that generation uh, bequeathed to us is to that wealth is measured in generosity. Amen. Yes, yes, yes. You know, yeah, for sure. Wealth is measured in generosity. And while sometimes they would be loquacious with their delivery uh -huh. and, you know, <laughs> and other times, uh, they would say no words at all, but the look they would give. Mm -hmm. I think that that is so needed in this time. Yes. Yeah. And I work to consciously uh, be that for 
my nieces and nephews and my community. Like I'm the neighbor. Hi, welcome to the neighborhood to bring that unity back in the community. I mean, we share this space. I mean, why don't I know your name or something about you? You know, and I am that on purpose. Um, A, I just love people. And B, we may need to help each other some kind of way. And it's easier to help someone that you have a relationship with, you know, versus not having one. And uh, I just aim to be the change that I'm looking for. So I'll start it. Like, let's go, you know, let's, let's shift this momentum. And just helping my nieces and nephews to be mindful of that. You know, have you called your grandmother? Have you done this? Because they really don't know. It's not as common sense as people may think it is. So, you know, a lot of times, you know, there's all this judgment about the youth, about what they are not. And who has taken the time to mentor them? Who has taken the time to share a better way of doing that? Now, you want to talk about something amazing. Let's talk about you with those young men at that school. You know, oh. in particular, in the way that you would redirect them and shape and mold them. And I mean, just phenomenal work. And you know that I would help you with any of that. Like, I'm Absolutely. here for all of that. Like, and just to watch them light up for having a male to care for them and to love on them the way that you are. So you would be a bola, a brother of love and healing. Oh, listen, you know? when, you, hey, when you set it up, when you set it up, give me the call. When you, you set it up, give me the call. No, listen. for real. Like yeah. the affirmations that you would have them say, the, the you know, thought, uh, the reflective activities that you would engage them in. And, you know, with you being the dean of the school at one point, not just being so quick to just, write the children up and send them home. Send them home to what? Send them home to who? Like, I appreciated you taking personal responsibility for those people that you were sent to serve as the dean of the school. Like, and it was just so phenomenal to watch a lot of those lives transform right before my eyes, you know, and for them to now have a positive person to strive to emulate. So kudos to you for that. Like, uh-huh. it just warmed my heart. Yeah, for sure. God is so good. And uh, yeah. I thank God for the opportunity. I, I think it is a humbling a humbling place when you know that your actions can influence the rest of yeah. somebody's life. No, for real. Yeah, and I think that you have to properly steward your influence. Yes. Or be willing to be held accountable yes. for what you do. So yeah. I'm, I'm one of those, uh, you know, I'm, you know, one of those hundred percent people. So I'm either hundred percent in or hundred percent out, you know, Me too. Yeah, and, for uh, sure. and that has its ups and its downs, you know, it it, it, but, uh, it, it was one of those things that I realized, and I, I take this in my personal life too. If, mm-hmm. if I can't, if I can't love you the way that is needed, mm-hmm. then I, I have to leave you alone so that whoever is supposed to love you the way that you're needed. And that, and I'm not just talking uh, romantically, I'm talking about in any level of friendship or or if the grace is not there and my influence or what it is that I bring can't be Mm -hmm. received. I'm not going to get upset because you reject me. I just Mm -hmm. realized at this moment, I'm not. And it doesn't mean that 
my value is depleted or diminished just because you couldn't receive it. No, that's real. <laughs> and that's like the highest form of love. Yeah. You know, I've been married and divorced two times. And, you know, when the relationships dissolved, it was for that very reason, you yeah. know, and we had come and shared what we were to share in that season. But I am not here for mistreating anyone's son, you know, and because I don't want anyone mistreating my son, you know, nor am I here to be mistreated. So when we get to a point where our paths are are splitting, then it's okay to bless and release that, you know, and I, I love them. I appreciate them. They have helped to shape and mold me, you know, but I'm either all the way in or I'm all the way out. I don't know how to have do it. So yeah, yeah I, I yeah. agree. Uh, yeah. yeah, absolutely. And so whether you know it or not, we have almost come to the completion of our, our, this no, hour. Man, yes. No. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So please let the people know where they have in touch with you, your social media, your contact information. Okay. Well, on, I'm, I'm not that technically savvy. I'm growing, but on Facebook is Miguel N E capital G A Y L E champagne bubble. So there, I haven't done Twitter, or Instagram, or Snapchat, or all that other stuff. Just bear with me. I'm still, I'm still pretty old school. You know, I like pen and paper and all of that. You know, and as far as my email, they can reach me at Champagne Bubbles four twenty, and that's my birthday now because I smoke marijuana at <laughs> gmail.com. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you that's what's that? so funny about that. I don't drink nor smoke, but I have champagne bubbles 420. Like, that's funny. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that's, that sounds like drinking marijuana <laughs> together. You're like, oh, she's about it. <laughs> like, oh, and you, and you bring in love and healing? Are you, are you, are you sober? It's right. like, yes, I am. <laughs> but absolutely. Oh and, and, and listen, and um, <laughs> they can. How how often can they find you on Vibrations podcast? You know what we've done the first season, our first ten episodes. We are in the process of resuming. You know, with COVID and all that, so we haven't decided when we're launching the second season. So you can look at our archives. You know, on YouTube, Vibrations with Johnny Hawkins. And uh, when the next season rolls out, we'll be sure to let you guys know. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Well, listen, my sister and my friend, um, I thank you for joining me and investing your time with the Drawing Board Nation. I know that someone listening out there has garnered and gathered some information from what we've shared tonight, and it has empowered their life. Amen. Uh, I will challenge the listeners uh, with this thought before I end, uh, one of the greatest ways to rectify injustice is not to fight the system, but empower the people that the system seeks to oppress. Amen. So, as we make statements and we protest, mm-hmm. I want you to invest that same level, level of energy of giving love and wealth, yes. and kindness and information and inspiration and motivation and empowering words to the brothers and sisters that you pass every day. Again, the greatest way to fight the injustice of any system is to empower the people that the system seeks to oppress. As we get ready to leave, my challenge again, 
is for you to create an experience that will transform the world. This has been the Drawing Board Podcast with your host, Andre Ebron, and my sister friend, Nigel Jermaine Champagne Flowers, Champagne Bubbles Flowers. Thank you all for tuning in. And Thank God you for bless. having me. God bless you.